Have you ever played Angry Birds, the game? I have. Man, I haven't thought about that in years, though. I think it's like 13 years old. But as they say, if you got a good idea, you got to run with it, right? And you got to do everything you can. And I know a movie came out like in 2015, the Angry Birds movie, which I thought was a little bit late to the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, apparently now there is a Angry Birds cafe opening up in New York. Why? Apparently they feel that there might be some value to this, I guess. <laughs> like if you were to make a themed cafe or restaurant based on a video game, what video game would you choose? I mean, you could go super literal and like, you know, do it about Frogger, right? And it's like you have like, you know, frog legs and stuff like that. And then you have to like navigate your way from, from one end of the restaurant to the other without getting hit by like a busboy or something. Right. Basically, you just eat in the middle of the street. The tables are just out in the road. Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and patient engagement strategies for hospitals, health systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into digital tools, solutions, and strategies that are impacting our industry today. We hope to share a lot of great information with you and have fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome, one and all, to episode number 339 of Touchpoint. That's Chris Boyer. I'm Reed Smith. Hey, Reed. I'm recovering from an all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, I went to the Pac-Man all-you-can-eat buffet the other day, and (laughs) it was all great until the fruit came along, and I had to eat that to get the ghosts, and it just, that was the straw that broke the back. You know, there's a pattern to that, but... (laughs) Anyway, that's uh, maybe a little foreshadowing to a recommendation I have later. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Thanks for uh, uh, tuning in to another week, another episode of Touchpoint. Quick plug for a couple of things before we get to today's episode. Uh, the website, touchpoint.health. Touchpoint.health is where you can go to learn more about the show, the episodes, Chris or myself, etc. While you're there, there's something called the TPS report up in the top navigation. If you click on that... Name, email address, that's all we're asking for, and you will get uh, an email on Monday mornings, assuming it's not a holiday week. Five articles to kick off your week, hopefully a little value add for you, the listener. And so we'll pause here, let you do that, and then be back with today's show. Chris, in today's digital age, your online reputation, as we all know, is crucial. With customers relying on online reviews, your first impression is also compared directly with your competitors. Sure is, and Reed, consider this. 86% of patients today read online reviews and 73% demand that that healthcare provider has a minimum four-star rating. Demand, they demand it. Yeah, they do. Well, to stand out, choose reputation to help amplify your brand and to build trust. Be the provider of choice in your area, understand patient sentiment, get actionable insights, and even foster patient loyalty. And look, here's the easy way you could do that. All you need to do is go visit reputation.com slash touchpoint. That's reputation.com slash touchpoint, where you can download their healthcare online reputation management guide and build a reputation that performs for you. I'm excited about today's show because I think the topic itself is something that I am very passionate about, which is 
developing consumer insights to help inform your experience strategies. Seems important, right? You need these. That's a thing, huh? I mean, I guess you could do experience strategies without consumer insights, but I'm not sure how that's going to play out. Uh, (laughs) You know, before we get like kind of jumping into consumer insights strategies, let's first talk about like why research is important because, you know, you joked, you know, is research important? But, uh, you know, I really feel that doing research on your market and on your consumers is critical. And we kind of outlined a couple of reasons why research is important. So I think many of us listening in may agree with these, but it might be good to reiterate some of these. Well, marketing and kind of that part of the organization, I guess, will use consumer research to help understand who it is that we're marketing to, right? Like who the customer is. So preferences, behaviors, needs, et cetera. Yeah. And, you know, this research will also enable us to develop those marketing strategies then to those targeted audiences, right? That makes a lot of sense. You understand your audience, you can create marketing messaging that communicates directly with them. But there's some other added benefits of research. Yeah. I mean, you know, other things that a lot of folks look at are trends, you know, whether that's seasonality or otherwise, could be technology driven. Like, you know, we saw trends obviously during the pandemic where virtual care opportunities, you know, spiked or maybe at certain times of the year, easy thing to call out like, you know, health observances, right? October being breast cancer awareness. There's things like that, that you dig into, you look at, you try to figure out what's, what's happening, when it's happening, when it's important to people, top of mind, that kind of thing. Another thing that it can help you with is if you're launching a new product offering or in in case of what we do in health systems, if you're launching a new service or a new fast care location or an emergency care location, it can help you to mitigate some of the risks of those launches, understanding where in the market we should launch this, how people would perceive it. Should we open up our urgent care in a strip mall as opposed to a standalone facility, that sort of thing. So there's a lot of risk mitigation that happens with uh, research. Yeah, some additional things. I mean, it does it does give you some sort of an insight on how things have worked in the past, you know, the effectiveness of your efforts, if you will. Also things like, you know, the customer experience. You know, so we talk about voice of the customer, for example. So how effective were your efforts, but also what feedback are you getting from the consumer? Do they like it, not like it? You know, there are gaps to fill there, things like that. And I think the probably the the one reason why a lot of people turn to research is it's data-driven. It supports that data-driven decision-making that we want to do. We want to understand our customers and document that so that we can have a more educated approach towards how whatever decisions we make, is it marketing-related or strategy-related or whatever, how it will impact our business outcomes. So I think those kind of at a high level capture a lot of the reason why research is important. But there's also different types of research out there, Reed. So let's talk a little bit about the the three areas of research that sometimes get colluded because they're really close to one another. Market research versus marketing research versus consumer insights research. Whew. It's a lot of research. Yeah. Well, if you do it right, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I think, you know, in health systems specifically, we think about things like strategic planning. That is usually an effort to understand your markets or market research. So you can then decide, you know, how we want to engage or participate in that geographic area. Then if you take a look at marketing research, I mean, that's by definition, something that the marketing department typically undertakes or leads at least. And that's where you get into some of the personas and trends and 
you know, even voice the customer stuff, things like that. But really kind of bleeds into that third area, which is the consumer insight piece or the experiences that people are having, right? We're doing lots of these. Sometimes you think about it as CAPS surveying and things like that or patient experience. And sometimes that's in the clinical side of the house or led by them the marketing research led by marketing, strategic planning. A lot of times, if it's not a whole department led by operations, maybe. And so, again, these are types of insights being pulled by different parts of the organization in a lot of cases. In order to kind of help make this all seem consistent, we took a deep dive at trying to define what each one of these is. So let's let's go into a little bit deeper, and I'll take market research, right? As you talked about, market research is typically a broad term that is used to encompass a variety of activities around gathering, analyzing, and interpreting data about a specific market. And that involves like studying like market size, trends, competition, potential customer segments. And it's often conducted to obtain information about the overall market landscape, like market demands or pricing or distribution channels or market segmentation. Often I see examples of strategic planning going out and saying, well, we might want to launch a new primary care clinic in this market because there's more people moving in. There's a lot of flux in the market. Or we might want to launch a uh, urgent care clinic here because there's a lot of you know potential traffic there or, or what have you. I think ultimately the goal of market research is to provide companies with some of those actionable insights to make informed business decisions, and then ultimately use that to kind of inform how we can start to reach out to that area or that new that new market with various different um, outreach marketing or engagement strategies. But that's a little bit different than marketing research, right? Yeah. You know, marketing research, again, focuses on, in most cases, the effectiveness of your initiatives and your strategies that you're using to actually engage the consumer. So looking at consumer behavior, preferences, attitudes, you know, you think about personas, right? And so this is where product development and, and marketing campaigns, pricing strategies, you know, things like that come into play. To do this, most people are doing it via the utilization of, of surveys, interviews, focus groups. I think even for us in the industry that we're in, there's a lot of industry reporting, you know, by trade associations, for example, you know, the American Hospital Association or a state level association or something like that, where you're, you're getting a lot of information that you sometimes you would get from a focus group in your local market. So there's lots of different ways you can do this online polling, you know, et cetera. Brand tracking happens in marketing research, by the way. So if you're ever doing a brand tracking study, that's a really good example of marketing research. But today we want to talk a little bit about consumer insights research. Now that's a little bit deeper and more specialized. It focuses on understanding consumer behavior and motivations. The goal is to gain insights into consumers' needs, their desires, their attitudes and purchasing decisions. And even in some cases, the reasons why they would switch their care, for example. So switch analysis happens when you talk about consumer insights research. Mm. It often involves qualitative research methods, such as like in-depth interviews, maybe even ethnographic studies and observational research. It's a lot like user experience research, if you think about it in this particular case, right? But the goal here is to go a little bit deeper than the surface level data of market research or marketing research can provide and really get into those reasons and emotions that drive their behavior. And the goal of this is to understand their journey, 
understand their overall experience, their overall customer experience, and really to enhance outreach campaigns, marketing campaigns, and even innovation. You can use consumer insights to drive innovation in your organization. So these three fields read market research, marketing research, and consumer insights research, while very related, all uncover different things that can be used in different ways for organizations. Yeah, I mean, they're all important. So whether you're trying to understand the landscape or, you know, kind of what, you know, geographically what you should be considering or how effective your current efforts are or, you know, the voice of the customer, if you will. I don't think you do one of these or two of these. I think it's, it's all of it. Yeah. And in many cases, you want to do all of it, right? And they have to all relate together. Now, before we talked about different departments doing different parts of this in the health system. That's why it's really critical when you're engaging in any kind of outreach research about what you're doing from an experience perspective, from a marketing perspective, from a strategy perspective, that there's alignment across the organization to do that. So with that, Reed, let's take a pause and then we'll come back And we'll go deeper into consumer insights because that's the main thrust of our topic today and in today's podcast. But we'll do that after a, a slight break here. Coming soon from Greystone, Bowstring, and Touchpoint Media, live from HCIC, a new podcast that brings you front row access to the latest innovative strategies that are shaping tomorrow's healthcare industry. In this 12-part series, as recorded live at the Healthcare Internet Conference, we'll hear from industry experts such as Paul Matson of the Cleveland Clinic, Kathy Smith of Roper St. Francis Healthcare, David Feinberg from Mount Sinai Health System, Rose Glenn from Michigan Medicine, and many others. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting platform. This podcast series is brought to you by Greystone.net, Bowstring, and Touchpoint Media. All right. So now uh, that we've kind of set the landscape here a little bit, or the market, no. <laughs> now, now that we've kind of talked about the, the background a little bit, we're going to dive into consumer insights, which I think is really interesting. You know, that that's, I think... I guess maybe more and more where we're spending our time uh, his, you know, again, historically this was, you know, when you talk about voice of the customer, uh, you know, it's kind of like patient experience. Like that was kind of what we did. It's not it maybe some focus groups in, in and amongst hospitals to some extent, depending on what you were doing, maybe a brand study, uh, which is again, a little bit different, more into the marketing research, but yeah, let, let's take a look a little bit at consumer insights. Yeah, we have a couple articles we're using as a reference here. We'll link to them in the show notes, so feel free to click into those. There's some really good articles that kind of go deep into uh, consumer insights. But let's first uh, go a little bit further into our definition of consumer insights. Sometimes it's called customer insights, by the way, depending on how you're looking at it or defining it. The intention, as we discussed before, is it's to interpret trends in their behaviors and consumer behavior. It gives us a deeper look into the journey, the overall journey how they make decisions for their care, when they make those decisions, because the consumer journey in healthcare sometimes happens well before they even come to your hospital or your health system, right? They may feel a pain in their knee and they may take ibuprofen for it or something like that before they even think about pursuing care. This is all part of that consumer journey. And it gets into their mindset as much as you could around what they're buying, why they're making their buying decisions, at what point, and how they feel about a brand or a product or whatever it might be. 
This information, when done right, is very informative to your organization because it can help you structure the way you're laying out maybe a a new interpretation of how your service line plays out in your marketplace or how a digital experience can help support their journey. Using consumer insights could give you valuable insights into the the design of these these approaches that you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's almost the... uh the feeling behind all of this, right? As we become more and more consumer centric and, and this hits home for me, I mean, this is a lot of what I'm focusing on and trying to kind of think through right now. It helps you kind of look past, I guess you being the destination, you know, for hospitals, it was always, you know, heads and beds, inpatient surgeries, inpatient market share, you know, that kind of thing. And so as we become more consumer centric, you know, a lot of what these articles talk about is, you know, understanding what people think I and mean, how they answer questions like, you know, how you should position your price or services to the customer. Or what's the demand for each of your products? How's the audience perceiving your brand? You know, things like that. It could really help you when you're actually redesigning maybe a service or a digital experience, for example. Right. How could you reach new audiences, for example? Or what are the new ways that you could do a a digital uh, strategy to kind of support or reach people that traditionally have had challenges getting care from you? Um, Even allow you for opportunities for, you know, like ways to, I I know we don't like this term, but to cross-sell, you know, other services within your organization along the way. And there's a a whole big point in uh, like consumer-centric, organizations, not healthcare centric, about sales and increasing conversions and stuff like that. But I think the last point here consumer insights could do is also, how do you position against your competitors? How are others doing it in the market? And when we think about competitors here, Reed, we have to think about traditional competitors like other health systems or hospitals in your market, but also those non-traditional competitors like the Amazons and like all the different others that are out there. So there's a lot of questions that consumer insights can help to understand and provide insights into. And there's a lot of ways to, to get this information too, right? Yeah. So, you know, how do you actually obtain this information? Well, I mentioned, you know, a couple of times patient experience or CAP surveys. Well, that's, you know, that's a channel in which, you know, people formally can provide you feedback. Things like we've done historically, we mentioned focus groups a time or two, CAPS surveying or other types of surveys. But there's also the informal side of the equation, like online reviews or social media comments, things like that. So product reviews, again, make sense when you're selling widgets. It's not quite the same here, although people can review their their overall experience, which includes kind of the product or service, I guess. But what are some other kind of data points, maybe? Well, think about like the quantitative and the qualitative aspects of this. You could do focus groups, right? Or set up panels to ask people. I know that we round a lot with patient family advisory councils, right? Using them as a way to kind of beta test certain ideas or concepts is another way to do it. You could even do direct-to-consumer test studies. Uh, I've done this in other organizations where we've we brought people together and said, hey, we want to do like a tree test of our website. That is a consumer insight study if you do, right? Because you're not only getting to see how they're going to navigate your website, but like what they're thinking, why they clicked on that button, that sort of thing. Mm. 
And then, you know, you got to think about all the other things that are out there that you can, you can leverage for this. They even list news sources as a potential way to get consumer insights. Now, albeit that's not a direct, you know, reflection of your audience or your market, so to speak. But, you know, even given the perception of how your organization is seen within third-party entities like the review sites and all those other places, these are great areas where you can get consumer insights about your organization. You know, you have to be really careful, though, right? Because consumer insights, read is something that is not a one and done kind of thing. It can help you when you're like in maybe in a new design. But if done right, consumer insights should be something you do on a regular basis, almost as regularly as you do your brand tracking study. You should be doing consumer insights study. Consumers' preferences can change. And we know this all too well from the pandemic suddenly people start to change their purchasing patterns and their behaviors. So if you're going down this path of consumer insights, it's not like a sprint, it's a marathon. That's right. And not only can their preferences change, the experience that people are having can change. And so again, being able to monitor and measure both is is really important. That gives you a little bit of a deeper dive into what consumer or customer insights is. Let's take another brief pause here, Reed, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about some of the benefits that you can get when doing this right, how it can actually help your organization. And we'll jump into those benefits right after this brief pause. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Okay, Reid, we've talked about, we, we went into a deep dive of our consumer insights, but now let's get into like the benefits of doing this the right way. Cause insights gives you a great idea of how customers perceive your brand, your products, your services. But there are some great benefits that when done right that you could get from your organization. So we put together a list. It's not an exhaustive list, but I think it's a list that kind of springs to mind of some of those things that, you know, if you if you're doing consumer insights that your organization can potentially get from it. So let's go down that list. Well, first thing on the list is lifetime value listening to the voice of your customer, what they have, their feedback makes them much more loyal if you're addressing and and actually listening. And so again, repeat purchases, higher value, share a wallet, lifetime value, however you want to want to frame that. Lifetime value is also sometimes very difficult for us to, in health systems, kind of get our brain around. But in that particular case, what we're talking about is their loyalty to your organization and, you know, their ability to kind of continue to engage with you. And that that really goes into the second benefit that you could see, which is that personalized experience. I think something we always want to try to do is give our customers that personalized interaction and those experiences. They're kind of expecting it in today's world. With consumer insights, it can give you a more granular understanding of how you could better serve your customers one-to-one, right, so to speak. And this leads to, like, as we talked about, persona development and other things like that, but it ultimately leads to how you can do that personalization that we're all striving to do, of course, keeping in mind the challenges of data privacy, et cetera. Third thing on the list, the consumer journey. You know, we think about this a lot. A lot of people 
spend time mapping and evaluating and what we want the consumer journey to be, certainly. But I think, again, listening to the consumer, listening to the customer, uh, what their needs are, their wants, their desires, each you kind of frame by frame as you kind of make your way through that time period is, is a way that, you know, certainly we can create a better experience. Another thing you can support with is um, helping you to improve your targeted communications. Again, Consumer Insights is designed to get insights into how they feel about your brand and, how, and, the, and the journey that they travel through as they're you know, interacting with your brand. That can really help a marketer understand how to do targeted outreach. If we realize that a person with a potential candidate for knee surgery actually spends six to nine months treating their knee pain at home with ibuprofen and then show up at a primary care doctor uh, with the initial presentation of that, of that, you know, of the, of the symptom, then we know how that we could start to target our communications around that. And that's the whole point here, right? Is understanding our customers so we can actually communicate with them in a more effective way, guiding them to care in the right way. So it really helps with targeting your communications efforts. Absolutely. A little bit kind of, you know, analogous or along those lines is understanding the the consumer behavior tells you obviously what they want and need to make a certain decision. A lot of times a purchasing decision, but this information gives you an idea of whether or not you have enough brand awareness in your market, you know, how you're reaching your target audience, things like that. And if you're going into a new market, another thing that consumer insights can do is can help you understand that new market that you're exploring, right? So maybe you're thinking about I am moving or opening up a new primary care clinic over here, or maybe you're looking at uh, looking to expand an ambulatory surgery center into this new town. This data that you can get from Consumer Insights can help you discover opportunities on how to enter that market. You could do a, a survey of those customers in the in that market through quantitative purposes. Uh, you can you could understand where your current markets are not resulting in the in a good return on where this potential new market can get some information and how to pivot your strategy as you're entering into this new area. I know we spend time thinking about new markets and whatnot. I think probably some more than others, but that is an interesting data point for sure. Discovering common pain points, again, kind of back to the consumer journey piece a little bit. You know, this research really helps you understand the journey as a whole, but also some of the, you know, consumer experience and customer service, even levels of specific locations, people, products, processes, things like that, that can really help you uh, solve for um, and deliver a better experience overall. You know, this reminds me of, I may have mentioned this before, I've done some research at one organization they had these uh, hybrid emergency department urgent care clinics. They came to me and they said, we're getting a lot of bad online reviews about uh, these these things. And we did some consumer insights research and we realized that what was happening is in the journey, when they showed up and presented at the front counter, the way they were presenting themselves drove certain people down the urgent care versus the emergency department track. And there's a completely different cost structure, depending on how you're treated in that regard. And no wonder there was a lot of online complaints about uh, the price is too high at this urgent care clinic because they were being treated as if they were in an ED. This is a consumer pain point that we were able to uncover from Consumer Insights to kind of inform that. Now, here's another thing that we traditionally 
don't think about a lot in healthcare, but I think it's starting to become top of mind. This is share of wallet. How do we determine the ideal pricing strategy? So it's kind of like this is a bonus benefit if you're in this world. For those of you in the strategic planning department, pay heed. Creating a pricing strategy for your service can be challenging. And understanding how your customer is willing, how much your customer is willing to pay for them in your market, you can use consumer insights, even in healthcare, to understand like, you know, the insurance coverage that they have, what their share of wallet expense would be. And this will help you determine how to value your brand, your products, your services in that market, how you're perceived against the competition, and even help you to adjust a pricing strategy, so to speak, if you'd like to go down that route. It's kind of interesting, isn't it? I love talking pricing. (laughs) Uh, Good times. Good times. Yeah, no, it is interesting. I I see us spending more and more time here uh, around insights, around research. I think you'll start seeing more roles uh, around the industry that are focused on this, that are you know, in our part of the organization versus operations or strategic planning or finance or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is really interesting stuff. So before we close out the show, Reed, why don't we just quickly touch base on if you want to get started doing consumer insights studies and you haven't done it before, maybe you haven't formalized it. We had some four quick bullet points that that we can uh, recommend about how to get started, right? Now, so th- these are very high level. It's not very detailed. Obviously, the devil's in the details when you get to this. But let's uh, let's just really kind of click through these four areas of, of how to get started. Well, first and foremost, know what you're trying to accomplish, right? What do you, what do you want to learn? Where are you trying to go uh, before you start down this path of research? So what questions do you want to ask? What problem are you trying to solve for, et cetera? Always start with like, what are you trying to do? I yeah. like it. <laughs> Number two is identify your resources. How are you going to get the data? Who's going to collect it? How are you going to analyze it? Here in the, particular with consumer insights, it can cross over from strategic planning and marketing, even into IT or data and your analytics people, because there's a lot of data involved with consumer insights. Make sure you have the right team identified that you're able to collect the right data and there's no data gaps as you're starting to get down this path. Otherwise, your consumer insight study will fall short. Also, choose the audience and the collection method. I would kind of guard against this idea of just trying to learn everything all at once. So like who specifically, or what are we targeting here? This is back to kind of that first point of what do you want to learn? And uh, well, and even identifying your resources, but what specific audience and then how are you actually going to get the information? Are these focus groups, a survey? Is it a survey that's already happening? Is it before or after they have the service, uh, et cetera, right? Absolutely. You could do quantitative. You could do qualitative. If you do it right, you could do both, right? So that's the point. And then the lastly, after we figure all of this out, like what it is we're trying to learn, how we're going to do it. And, you know, what's specifically how, what is the, the survey mechanisms or the, the research mechanisms we're going to use, then you have to develop your action plan. Once you collect the data, what departments, what processes, what strategies and initiatives are going to be impacted by this are, have to be informed or should be informed by this. And how are you going to share and actually put that act of the data into action, so to speak? I mean, these sound, again, as I said, these are very four high-level ways to get started. But if you could do this, it will guarantee that your consumer insight study research that you're going to be doing is going to be more effective than if you just get started without any kind of goal in mind, so to speak. Anything else that, I'm miss- that we're missing there, Reed? 
probably. <laughs> no, I think I think again, I don't overthink this. I think you got to start somewhere, right? But I think most importantly, establishing what uh, success looks like. What are you trying to accomplish? And then just start kind of working through it. See what information you get back. See what you know, what you're able to to understand. And that's probably going to inform kind of where you go from there, right? Absolutely. So consumer insights, we're big fans of it. We know it's hard though. We'd love to hear what you have, any kind of consumer insight study you all have done. I know that whenever we hear about uh, some some national consumer insight study in healthcare, you know, it usually shows up in our podcast and is shared widely online. So reach out to us. Let us know if we're missing anything, if there's any kind of insights. We'd love to hear what you're doing. With that, let's uh, take a final pause read, and then we'll be back to close out the show. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, so here we are to wrap up the show. Another great episode. Love to know people's thoughts uh, and insights. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> around uh, you know the kind of the topic. You know, how is this fitting into your day to day? What does it look like? How are you handling this as an organization? Uh, what role do you play within it? You know, things like that. So reach out, let us know. LinkedIn is usually the best way to track us down. Uh, again, touchpoint.health is where you can sign up for the TPS report. Get that email coming to you once a week. And uh, let's do a couple of recommendations and we'll we'll call it a day. All right, Reed. I'm going to recommend a TV program that I've recommended before, but season two just came out. It's on Hulu. It's called The Bear. And if you recall, I recommended this a, a while ago. It came out maybe over a year ago, where it was a, a very short uh, series, The Bear, about a, a fine art chef who inherits a, a very small South Chicago meat yeah, okay. place, right? And he, came, he comes in it. and starts to convert it. It's really good. I really appreciated uh, season one. It was really, really Great acting. The storylines are very compelling. Well, season two just came out. And season two, I think, is even better than season one. The overall arching theme of season two is they're going to now open up this fine dining establishment where this previous sandwich shop was at. He takes the existing staff, and uh, because he's fine dining trained as a chef, he allows them to start to learn how to do that. So he sends like the pastry chef to Amsterdam to learn about, you know, how to do uh, desserts in a very fine dining sort of way. And each episode of the bear season two gets into each one of the individual characters, a lot of in-depth character development. One episode in particular is a little bit of a flashback into his history and it has guest stars, like really great guest stars. Jamie Lee Curtis, for example, plays his mom. Bob Odenkirk, you know, yeah. from Better Call Saul, shows yeah. up in this show. Yeah. John Mulaney, the the comedian, is is one of his cousins in this in this one flashback to to a Christmas from you know seasons past. It is just really really good. 
it's on Hulu. They released all episodes all at once, which was great because the episodes are usually around 22 minutes. If you haven't watched season one, you can watch it and then watch season two. I, it's just really compelling. Some of the best TV I've seen in a long time. So that's my recommendation. The Bear, season two on Hulu. There you go. Very cool. Very cool. I'm going to recommend a movie. I think I've recommended this before. And when we talked about Pac-Man and there being a pattern earlier, um, that's actually a line from this movie, but uh, about not using the pattern or whatever, but it's called the way, way back movie came out in 2013. It's a fun one to watch every summer. It's about a kid named Duncan who goes on summer vacation with his mom, her overbearing boyfriend and uh, his daughter and has a hard time fitting in and, and finds an unexpected friend. And anyway, it's, it's kind of a coming of age, kind of a fun, fun movie, but uh, Steve Carell, Tony Collette, Allison Janney, Maya Rudolph, and the many others. Amanda Peet is in it, etc. So it's great. And uh, I watch it several times a year probably, but it's fun to watch during the summer because that's kind of the setting up in the Cape Cod area. So the scenery is fun. And anyway, it's, it's neat. It's neat. It's a good one. So uh, check it out if you haven't. The Way, Way Back. Um, it's a nod to the backseat of a station wagon, you know, the, the very back. The way, way back. I've been there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Check it out. Another great episode. Good recommendations. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in again. Touchpoint.health is the website. Uh, check it out. Sign up for the TPS report and reach out. You can usually find us on LinkedIn. It's probably the best way to track us down. Or uh, maybe we can start a thread. I don't know. So we'll we'll see. Uh, But again, thanks for tuning in. For Chris Boyer, I'm Reed Smith, and we'll see you next week. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.